Wright Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Uh, we are coming to you today on this election day, election day for Ward 6. That's right, yep. From a brand new location. Brand new location. The former studio had become... A, it was hard for you and me to get to the studio, the uh, number of fans outside. And yes. uh, I, yeah, and well, we needed to get a new studio because uh, Hernando driving tour, people were starting to stop and take pictures. It, it was it was right. a little embarrassing. <laughs> the paparazzi got too much force. Right. You and I record either late at night or real early in the morning. So, of course, I'm joking. There's no one around when you and I are uh, recording our show or, or getting started. So, uh, but yeah, exciting time. UTW podcast coming to you from a new location. Uh, we still have the same studio sponsor, which we will get to in just a moment. But it is a new, new location and our first episode recorded here. So uh, if it's our worst ever. Um, Blame it on the new location. Now, we uh, used the beautiful day yesterday. We did move some of the stuff in. So, yeah, we're here. Uh, hopefully the sound quality is better. I do want to apologize. I want to apologize for Friday's show. Previously, or I think on Wednesday, we interviewed both candidates. And when I inputted those, and I will say I because it was me, when I inputted those into uh, the uh, what we had for the rest of our show at the end, uh, somehow it pushed uh, the beginning into back into the music. So I want to apologize to everybody that was listening. If you didn't catch it, then don't worry about it. If you did catch it, that's what happened. And I promise you, I will double check this this morning before I send this one out. We're going to blame Ryan Diffie and Ben Piper for the show on Friday. Uh, and if they're going to be the alderman, whoever wins that alderman needs to get ready. Because this is the kind of stuff that people come to them about with complaints and frustrations. So we're going to blame them. No, we can't blame them. They're having, this, this, this is going to be a tough day for them. They've got a long 12-hour yeah, staring at absolutely. them. Absolutely. So we will not blame them. Uh, I'll take all the blame. And again, I will do better going forward. How many times will people honk at them today? Or they have to wave to people they don't know? or I hope over 550 times, which yeah. means that's how many people pull in. Exactly. So uh, that's what we're hoping for. So please, if you're in Ward 6, fire station number 2 on Highway 51 North, right before you get to Nesbitt, please go there and vote today and elect your new alderman. And if you currently live in Ward 6 and would like to look at a house in another ward, now's a great time to call Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group possesses over 64 years of combined experience in the residential real estate market. They recently were voted as the top real estate team in DeSoto County. They are ranked nationally as a top performing real estate team. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available to you anytime you need them. Now's a great time to reach out to Team Couch because they are offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. Again, that's a free, no-obligation market analysis for your home. If you want to know information about comps in your area, different ways to improve your home, get it ready to sell, now's a great time to reach out to Brian and Terry and their team at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or find them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. Thank you to Brian and Terry for being our 2021 presenting sponsors. As I mentioned, while our studios may have changed location, our sponsor did not. Glad to record this morning at the How to Barbecue Right Shop Studios. How to Barbecue Right is located just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics right here in Hernando. This store has everything a man needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. They have rubs, sauces, thermometers, cast iron, cutting boards, and some really cool high-end smokers. If you've ever seen Malcolm's How to Barbecue Right cooking videos, you need to stop by his shop today. 
you can give them a call at 662-912-9947. That's 662-912-9947. Find them on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop. That's the letter H, the number two, the letter Q, Malcolm Shop. Or the best thing to do is to visit their store 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics on Memphis Street right here in Hernando. Thank you again to How to Barbecue Right Shop for being our 2021 studio sponsor. Well, Derek, something new I want to start doing as we come out on our Tuesday show. I want to do something that I'm going to call Word from the Weekend. Word from the Weekend. So, Derek, I'm putting you on the spot. What would be your word from the weekend? Matt, my word for the weekend is abide. Okay. Abide. Any of y'all have seen the the Big Lebowski? Uh, The Dude Abides. The Dude Abides. This weekend, we... teach Sunday school at a local church and we studied passages using the word abide and how we should abide in Christ and God and so just kind of took that and made it the, the thing from my weekend you know there was a lot of things I had to get done around you know moving here uh, doing stuff around the yard and we'll get to it in just a moment but talking about the arts council dealing with the wonderful festival that went on uh, on Saturday and so but a lot, a lot of that just you know me abiding and everything everyone and kind of just you know believing in what I was doing and, and believing in, in you know things around the city uh, and around my family. And so the word, uh, my word for the weekend, Matt, was abide. Well, Derek, my word from this weekend is going to be smiles. And the reason my word is smiles is because the amount of smiles that took place right there at the HPAC, the Hernando Performing Arts Center from Thursday to Sunday night was absolutely tremendous. I'm speaking of the Hernando High School drama or theater program. Their production of Little Mermaid, Derek, was absolutely top notch. Your daughter went with us last night. I mean, if there's a better high school production of the Little Mermaid anywhere around, I'd be surprised. But what I was most excited about was, you know, at the end, they come out and they do their bows and everybody cheers and stands up and stuff like that. But just to see the kids smiling, having fun, getting an opportunity to just hug on each other and and just, you know, for a job well done. My word from this weekend is going to be smiles, and that's the way it should be. These kids need to be in school. They need to be doing productions like this, playing sports, playing softball, like we'll talk about, uh, you know, here in in a little while. But uh, that's my my word for the weekend was smiles. And uh, thank you to the HHS drama program. I believe Miss Suddeth is the leader of that program. I want to say thank you to her. Again, my daughter was part of the production. Uh, She was actually the understudy uh, for Ariel. But uh, Ariel was fine, so <laughs> Hannah Grace never got to really do anything except Hannah Grace was uh, was water. You know, you, Allie probably told you that she was water. She was water. So she there was kind of a way that you had to sit there and kind of make it the waves and everything for Ariel and and all the stuff. So that was her job. Uh, you know, obviously, you know ready for should something happen to Ariel, which didn't happen. But anyway, so it's just really, really proud. This was her first opportunity to uh, be part of the the theater program at Hernando High School, and it is a top-notch program. Congratulations to them for a job well done and bringing many, many smiles to the Hernando community this weekend. Yeah, also smiles out at the square this weekend with the DeSoto Arts Festival that they had on the square. It was a great turnout. I mean, for it to be a windy, cold day, and it did end up raining after 2 o'clock, so the last last hour was kind of wet. But before that, a great turnout, uh, just lots of uh, kids coming out and you know, doing the the kids' art. There were several artists there. I think it was a very successful day. This is kind of the second year. There was one two years ago that was down Memphis Street in conjunction with Earth Day. But with the Earth Day festivities being canceled this year, they moved the arts festival to the square and just had a really, really good turnout. I think it was a great event. And just want to thank everybody at the Arts Council for putting it on. And also for all those who came out and supported the local artists, uh, helped with the children. Uh, we had there were bands playing in the background, 
Stephen Michael, uh, who we is part of, of what we're putting on with the Hernando Water Tower sessions. He was there uh, playing for the first hour and a half of the event. So, again, just thank you, to Arts Council, for putting that on. And just, again, if you're in Hernando and missed it, there's so many wonderful things that are coming up, including the Farmer's Market. Uh, that is a sponsor of ours that we'll be getting to shortly. Uh, again, uh, just look around, start, you know, play, please pay attention to our podcast. Every Friday, we're going to be telling you what's going on over the next couple of weeks. Uh, and uh, also look elsewhere because there, you know, Hernando is just a wonderful place to live. Right. Hernando is definitely starting to open back up. DeSoto County's opening back up. And there's a lot of things coming up each and every weekend, especially if the weather's right, man. It's just a beautiful place to walk around. I was surprised. I mean, it really got to be honest with you. The DeSoto Arts Festival that happened this weekend, we went out there for just a little while and then we actually went ate a local restaurant nearby but when we came out it was after two o'clock and it was storming pretty good but just a wonderful success i mean just the weather was you know like you said a little cool but overcast but but still dry at the time and just uh we hope that the vendors had had success and it's it's awesome to walk around hernando square anytime so just a shout out to the DeSoto arts council of course for putting on another successful program well, Derek, not a whole lot going on in Hernando. It's not an Alderman meeting night. We, we took care of Alderman meeting stuff last week. Again, don't forget Ward 6. Get out and vote today. Fire station number two. Please don't let this uh, runoff election come down to 100 votes. Ryan Diffie and Ben Piper have worked extremely hard to both earn your vote. Uh, whichever way you go is entirely up to you, but please get out uh, if you live in Ward 6 to uh, vote for either of those gentlemen today. So, Derek, with not a lot of stuff going on in Hernando, we're going to talk about some state stuff. We're going to go ahead and talk about some state stuff. Give us what you got. All right, so we've talked about several bills that were passed during this session, uh, ones that made it past both the House and the Senate and that went to the governor's desk. So all of those that we had talked about in the past that had passed, he signed all those. And so you know we're not going to kind of recap uh, with the uh, uh, the closing of the session uh, what those were. But uh, this past Thursday, they he had a remaining 12 bills on his desk. Now, some of these were ones that we already talked about, but I do want to mention one that was one of the last ones signed, and it's the Mississippi Earned Parole Eligibility Act. This piece of legislation allows for nonviolent offenders and some violent offenders to be eligible for parole after completing a certain portion of their sentence. It does not, however, apply to the parole eligibility to to capital offenders, sex offenders, traffickers, habitual offenders, and any others that are already forbidden by state statute. So for those uh, violent offenders that are eligible, it would only apply after 50% of a sentence is served or 20 years, whichever is less, and 60% or 25 years. So it says, you know, while the bill does grant the eligibility for parole, all parole decisions are still made by the parole board with input from law, law enforcement, from the prosecutors, from the victims, and the Department of uh, Corrections. So this is something he had vetoed the year before, but thought that this at this year, with this time, of course, we know that prison overcrowding is an issue, and you know this is a way to kind of you know help out with that a little bit. And plus, especially for the nonviolent offenders, if they could have been rehabilitated or it looks like, hey, man, they, they've been in there 20 years. They're probably not a threat to society anymore. Go ahead and let them out. Excuse me. They're not letting them out. They give them the ability to go before parole. Uh, and so shorten those sentences in that way or, or possibly shorten those sentences in that way. So anyway, this is just something, again, he had vetoed it the year before. He did sign it this year, and that, was again, was one of the last ones that he signed. Vetoed it last year. I'm sure a lot of stuff changed between last year and this year in the bill. Uh, that, I mean, you know, they're, they're, that's, that's pretty neat. Like you said, nonviolent offenders, you know, having a chance to, to kind of start their life again. I think most of us would, would probably be okay with that. Or, or And, again, if somebody's not okay, it still has the victims can still sure, go before the sure. parole board. The prosecutors can still go before the parole board right. and say, hey, even though it's been 20 years, 
don't forget that this, this, and this happened. Right. And so not saying it's, it's a definite deal. It just gives them the ability to shorten the sentence, but it's still up to the parole board to grant that. Right. And they're definitely, they're still talking with law enforcement, which I think all of us would agree is a good well, that's, that's interesting, Derek. And we're going to continue to kind of update some different things, maybe some different uh, laws or new things that the governor signs that we find interesting. We're going to update that continuously here on the UTW podcast. Again, since there's not a lot going on with Hernando, not a lot going on with the state, we're going to talk a little bit about national news. It affects all of us. It's going to be the census numbers, the census numbers that were taken in 2020, the every 10-year census that we take right here in the United States. Derek, you got some more information about it. Yesterday, the national government put out the official census census numbers for all 50 states. Uh, this is uh, you know something that, as you mentioned, it happens every 10 years. We knew it was behind. This is something we probably should have received mid to early, you know, mid-summer to late summer last year. Uh, we're only receiving it now because of COVID. You know, usually, I think, they, I think the deadline was around April or May. That's what in a typical census year, so they try to have it again toward that uh, late summer, early fall time period. But because of COVID, it was pushed all the way until yesterday. Yesterday, the numbers were released for the uh, all 50 states. And remember, this is important because this assigns the 435 House seats that are in the U.S. Uh, House of Representatives. So this, these, the seats change. The, the 435 stays the same, but how those are broken down change uh, every 10 years. So real quick, a little bit of a civic lesson. There's 435 period, period. and the census determines how it is, you know, growth and different stuff like that. The right. census determines, okay. So in Mississippi, you know, since 2000, Mississippi has had four seats. That's not going to change this year. Sure. The overall population did show a slight decrease from 2010, but they will retain their four congressional sh- seats. Now, the way those seats or the district those seats make up will have to be changed. This is part, we, we mentioned this, I think, two or three podcasts ago, that when they go back in January with the new census numbers, now that we know that we'll have them, they'll have to sit down and, and draw the redistricting before the 2022 elections, which is the next time the House, uh, uh, House of Representatives are up for election. The Mississippi population now stands at 2,961,279. So we did fall uh, slightly below 3 million. That is a decline of 0.2% from the 2010 census or roughly 6,000 people. So we're right under 3 3 million and we stay right where we are. Uh, Only three other three states experienced a decline in population. Unfortunately, Mississippi was one of them. The other two were Illinois and West Virginia. Illinois is going to be, you know, obviously Chicago. A lot right. of people leave, leave in Chicago. So Illinois and then uh, West Virginia is, I guess, because we just say it's West Virginia. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> the, the, I love John Denver. I uh, love John Denver. Uh, the, the John Denver, he's good. He was a oh, good guy. he's good. Uh, Take Me Home, Country Road, great song. But the overall population of the United States did increase 7.4% from 2010 to 2020. Uh, and the total U.S. population now stands at 331,449,281. This is the second slowest rate of increase in the nation's history. Okay. So this this ten year stretch, we grew by the second least in in the history since the census has been taken, which I thought was kind of surprising. The U.S. saw that is a little little surprising. It is. That's what I'm saying. The second Uh, slowest ten year stint we've ever had. Wow. Okay. Yeah. From from 2000 to 2010, we had grown by 9.7 percent. Okay. So again, so we were 7.4 percent from 2010. The southern states did lead the increase. Uh, by 10 point, we were first, I guess the southern states were first with a 10.2% increase, followed by the west at 9.2%. Uh, seven congressional seats will be shifted among 13 states. The average congressional district population, so 
when you look at Mississippi, we know it's 2,961,000. Basically, that's about 760,000 citizens per district. Who that, is our district? Who is our state representative right now? Trent Kelly. Okay. So you. he represents about 700 and – well, for Mississippi, it's about 741,000, but the average is about 760,000 for every representative you have. That represents 760-ish thousand people. I want to go ahead and run real quickly through the states because this is what's important. Texas gains two seats. Uh, in the 2022 election. Colorado, Florida, Montana, North Carolina, and Oregon all pick up one seat. So those are all the ones that gained. The losers are California, Illinois, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. They all lose one seat. The fastest growing state, Matt, what do you think the fastest growing state is since 2010? Florida. Utah. Utah, okay. Utah at 18.4%. What do you think is the, the least or I guess the one that lost the most. Why do you think Utah is? Man, I have no idea. But Utah at 18.4%. Uh, and then which one? Uh, we know there was only three states that lost. Which right. one do you think lost the most? New York. No, there was three. It was, it was either Mississippi, Illinois, oh, or West okay. Virginia. Mississippi, uh, Illinois. West Virginia. What? They lost 3.2%. They went down 3.2% in population. Of course, Mississippi was just a negative 0.2. They lost 3% more than we did, hmm. um, which, you know, again, West Virginia. I mean, is it coal or something maybe? Is yeah, it, coal. We're probably yeah. going to coal have a lot the coal, to do with coal, that, yeah. uh, moving out. I don't know if you've seen some of the different documentaries about the poverty in West Virginia. Oh, it, no, it's, oh Lord. Yeah. It is brutal. I know they burn a lot of couches there when they win ball games. That's right. They win a ball game, they burn a couch. They yes. burn a couch. So, anyway, that's kind of the synopsis of what's going on with the, uh, the census. Now, the states do not have uh, – I mean, the states have their numbers, but it's not broken down yet by county or by city. They do expect to have those sometime in August. So once in uh, – around August, you'll probably hear – you know, you'll probably see another article come out. Maybe the Clarion Ledger starts talking about it. Uh, other local papers may say, hey, DeSoto County now has X number of people. You know, Hernando, South Haven, Olive Branch, now they have this X number of people. So we should know those numbers sometime in all or by August to be able to then have those cities, Matt, which we talked about all through last late last fall, was hey, we need to sit down. We get the numbers in August. Uh, new board starting July first. How about before July first of next year? We have Hernando redistricted again in time again for the 2022 elections. Right. Plenty of time right there to, to make those changes uh, for the new board taking over on July 1st. So definitely an important thing. And Derek, you and I have talked to every single candidate. Most of the people we talked to get what we were talking about, and the redistricting was definitely something that was important to them. So I see it being a lot faster than it used to be. You know, I guess two million nine is not a bad number. It's just going to be really interesting to see, especially over you know the first three months of next year, how the state divides up those four districts because it's you know it can mean a lot and right now I think what does the Democrats have a uh, is it two eighteen two eighteen to two thirteen I think that's what four thirty one so it's two eighteen to two fifteen there's four seats like four that's five right. seats five, missing five or, yes. that's right five so that's right one of them in Louisiana just got yeah, uh, yeah. two eighteen to two thirteen sounds right so there's only a five seat difference with five unfilled literally with Texas getting two more with North Carolina picking up that was a Republican state this time you had several of them that were Republican states but of course there were also a couple of Republican states but more the Democratic states that lost we could be looking almost at a split house so it's gonna be again very important what goes on right now to determining what happens in next November. It'll be here before you know it. Absolutely. Well, Derek, one thing that has stayed consistent for well over 60 years is DeSoto Family Dental Care. With over 60 years of combined dental experience, Dr. Seymour, Paroli, and Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, 
implants, implant-supported dentures, and now Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process from beginning to end. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. Visit their office today to see the DFDC difference or give them a call at 662-429-5239. That's 662-429-5239. They are mine and Derek's dentists and they should be yours as well. Give them a call today for the DFDC difference. Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local state farm provider, is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for life, home, business, and auto. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Sherry, Angie, or Jennifer at 662-429-5213. Again, 662-429-5213. Or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. Are you in need of someone to cut your lawn this spring and summer? Now's the perfect time to reach out to Richard and his team at Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. If you're in need of weekly mowing, bi-weekly mowing, gate repair, fence repair, winter cleanup, anything you can think of on the outside of your home, Richard is your guy. Give him a call today at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find Richard on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. As we mentioned earlier, there's never a better time than now to get around the Hernando Square. And starting May 1st through October will be the Hernando Farmer's Market. The Hernando Farmer's Market brings together the best of local food, artistry, and agriculture traditions of the Mid-South. It's a place to shop. It's a place to gather. But more importantly, it's a rare chance to experience the simplicity of a Mississippi small town. It is truly a fresh local experience. The Hernando Farmer's Market will kick off this Saturday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. and will run through October. The last Saturday of each month will be Children's Day with fun activities for the kids. There'll soon be live music, multiple different things, many, many vendors coming out to celebrate the Hernando Farmer's Market, one of the best farmer's market in the entire country, kicking off this Saturday. If you need more information about the Farmer's Market, reach out to Gia Matheny. Community Development Director at 662-449-9092. That's 662-449-9092. Again, that's Jim Matheny, the Community Development Director and also the leader of the Hernando Farmers Market. Again, this Saturday kicks off May 1st all the way through October, the Hernando Farmers Market this weekend. Well, Matt, this is Tuesday, which means it's time for the DeSoto County Fact of the Week provided by the DeSoto Museum. A DeSoto County Museum right there on Commerce Street across from Area 51 Ice Cream, curated by Rob Long. Rob does a wonderful job uh, both curating the museum, uh, which is open Tuesday through Saturday from 9 to 5, right in the middle of Commerce Street as you head to the square. Again, cannot recommend this museum more. First of all, it's free. 
Uh, but it has wonderful exhibits from every city in DeSoto County. You can find what you want about Hernando, uh, Horn Lake, Isle Branch, South Haven. They have wonderful about a World War II exhibit in there at this time. Uh, they have a Holocaust Museum uh, portion of it. Just a wonderful thing to go in there. Bring your children, bring your grandchildren, bring your classes, uh, bring yourself. Uh, just a great time to go in there, especially with summer coming up. Cannot find a better getaway, especially if you want to do a staycation, than to go into the DeSoto County Museum. The fact of the week this week basically is took place in April, man, of 1881. Uh, just uh, actually just a couple weeks ago it would have been it was on April 14th 1881 this was covered in the DeSoto Times newspaper at the time on Tuesday evening April 14th of 1881 about four o'clock a terrible black murky looking cloud made its appearance in the west and the northwest as it approached it gathered volume but turning east one mile north of here went on a flying course of destruction the first damage reported is that of unroofing of Oliver's Chapel about a mile and a half west of Hernando the next damage related is that of the blowing off of the roof of the gin house and several outhouses, fences, and trees on the premises of J.C. Riley, one mile north of Hernando. The kitchen, stables, outhouses, fences, and trees on the adjacent place of Mrs. Gorin were all swept away. From there, the cyclone jumped about one mile east to Mr. Newsom's place, where it blew down cabins, fences, and timber and wounded three women. The storm grew intense as it proceeded, utterly demolishing the cabins, fences, and timber, and killing a child on Mr. Banks' place. The tornado still going east struck the premises of Mr. Danner, carrying away houses, fences, as also at Mr. John Keith's place and Mrs. Merritt's. L. Smith's and Glenn's and Johnson's places were more or less damaged. The next place we hear the cyclone was at Dr. Lauderdale's about five miles east, where it demolished all of the buildings and slightly wounding Mr. George Sanders. Derek, you said it was April 14th, 1881? April 14th of 1881. Man, so. what an amazing fact of the week. I mean, Rob continues to send us stuff. Derek, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the OB pod from yesterday. Rob has begun to give them information about Olive Branch that helps them out. So they do a DeSoto County Fact of the Week as well, given to them by Rob Long of the DeSoto County Museum. Rob, thank you so much for giving us that. Numerous people have told me that that's their favorite part of our podcast. So if that's what continues to uh, get people to tune in, uh, learn more about the past uh, here in Hernando, we certainly want to certainly be a part of that. 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday, DeSoto County Museum, uh, right there across from Area 51 Ice Cream, you know what? That's a pretty good day. If the weather's nice, get you some ice cream, go over to the museum, learn some stuff about DeSoto County. That's a pretty good day. And uh, Area 51, that's under the water tower info at gmail.com to advertise. Correct, correct. Under the water tower info at gmail.com. We continue to give a, give away a lot of free advertising between Area 51 and Blue Agave was last week. They're, if, they're, if they're interested in... Support Hernando. Support right, Hernando. support Hernando for sure. But if they're interested in advertising in the uh, fastest growing podcast here in Hernando, uh, under the water tower info at gmail.com. We're going to talk a little bit about softball and baseball coming up in just a second. Just some really, really good things going on. Baseball-related, softball playoffs-related have kicked off. Don't forget, we'll give you the information on their Monday night game. But do not forget, if you can hear our voice, and it's, if it's Tuesday, April 27th, when you're hearing our voice, there is a game at Hernando Middle School, right behind Hernando Middle School, where the softball team plays. Get out there support these young people tonight. 5 o'clock tonight, right behind the Hernando Middle School. If you don't know anything about softball, now's your chance to get out and still see some of these amazing Hernando Lady Tigers play as we wish them uh, nothing but the best, and we'll learn more about their games in a second. But before we do that, North Point Christian School is honored to have just been voted DeSoto's best middle school and DeSoto's best high school by the readers of the DeSoto Times-Tribune. 
Want to learn more about DeSoto County's largest, oldest, and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school that serves students in grades PK through 12? The school continues to see great interest and excellent attendance at their open house events. This includes last night at their April 26th open house that took place last night with over 17 families coming to visit and view North Point. If you're interested, please call Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5127. Again, Mrs. Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5127. Allow her to set up a time for you to come visit the school. The school looks to have another preview of the point in May. As that date comes available, we will be uh, recording that on here. We will be putting that on here for everybody to know about. But uh, right now, you can have individual tours by contacting, again, Mrs. Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5127. Come find out why North Point is best. Have you had an opportunity to talk to Ms. Sharon and just see, hey, Ms. Sheila, are you overwhelmed by the number of people calling North Point oh, or, from mean, the like, UTW podcast? I mean, 17 to 30 families every time they have a show <laughs> from UTW I would podcast. Say, yeah, at, least, at least are coming from the UTW podcast for sure. That's correct. Are you struggling with your summer plans for your family trip? Now is the perfect time to reach out to Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher at Magical Destinations of Hernando. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or that tropical getaway, these ladies can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here under the water tower. Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. You can reach them at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. Or find them on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited on Facebook and Instagram. Again, if you're struggling with your summer plans for your family, now is a perfect time to reach out to Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher for the help you need. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure that your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. Again, 662-892-8419. Or visit them at their website, greenkingspray.com. They're my yard service. They should be your yard service. And if you want it green, call the king. Well, Derek, the weather tonight is supposed to be about 80 degrees. It's supposed to be absolutely perfect. If you're looking for something to do or you want to support young people in Hernando, get out there tonight for the Hernando Lady Tigers playing the Madison Central Lady Jaguars at 5 o'clock. Go to Hernando Middle School. You can park in the front, park in the back, but the the softball field is right around the side, right there by the tennis courts. Derek, tell us what happened last night to the Hernando Lady Tigers in their first round of the playoffs. Well, last night the Tigers traveled down to Madison Central. They did win last night, yeah. two to one. Two to one. It was a two close to one. one. Pitchers duel uh, down in Madison Central. Uh, I'm sure it was a very exciting game. I think in the sixth inning, the uh, Jaguars actually loaded the bases, wow. and the Tigers were out of get, able to get out of it. Uh, shut them down in the seventh. Squeaked out a two-one victory. Probably something that the coach doesn't like to see. I mean, you don't <laughs> want to sweat out a victory, sure. but at the same time, you know, they needed to be tested. This is you know their first round game. Of course, it, you know right. officially it is the first round, uh, but you know be able to test it like that. I think will be hopefully be good for them going forward. If they win game one tonight, it's over. They 
advance. Sure. If they do lose game one, hang around because I'm sure they'll take about a 30-minute break and they'll turn right around and play game two. So, uh, again, come out tonight uh, to Hernando and support the Lady Tigers. Yeah, let's make it a standing room only crowd, Derek. I'm going to make it a, make an effort to, to get out there. Uh, but, yeah, let's make it a standing room only uh, affair tonight. Again, like Derek just said, if they lose the first game, they'll turn right around 30 minutes later and play the second one, the deciding game. But if they win the first one at 5 o'clock, that's all she wrote and we move on. So good luck to the Lady Tigers. I was texting a little bit with uh, Coach Witten last night uh, as they were traveling back, and, and I, I said, hey, Coach, that was a pretty close one. And she just said, 1-0 today. And that's their motto is to be 1-0 after every game or 1-0 after uh, every day. So good luck to the Lady Tigers. We will definitely be, be there to support you. And if you can hear our voice, and it's Tuesday, April 27th, before 5 o'clock, get out there tonight right behind Hernando Middle School and cheer on these young ladies as they continue to wear the, uh, you know, Hernando across their chest. Next, we're going to Lewisburg. The Lady Patriots were the only DeSoto County team who made the playoffs that actually had to play in the play-in series. They faced the Clinton Lady Arrows, and they won the first game 7-1 to one at Clinton. Gabby Dickerson was in the circle for the Lady Patriots, and she had 14 strikeouts and pitched all seven innings of the one-run ball game. At the plate, the Lady Patriots were led by Madeline Savage, who had two hits, and Jalen Taylor, who had two RBIs. The next day, Clinton had to travel to Lewisburg. This will be on Saturday. And the Lady Patriots took the series 2 to nothing with a 14-3 mercy rule win after five innings. Casey Raggett was in the circle for this game and had seven strikeouts while going the district. Madeline Savage again led the Lady Patriots in hits with three, and both Leah Walker and Madeline Tubbs had three RBIs. The Lady Arrows were sent home, and the Lady Patriots advanced to play South Panola, whom they hosted last night. Can we agree that Madison Savage may have the coolest name? Oh, Madison Savage. Is That's a good nice name. name. That's a really good name. name. So they play again. They play so South Panola, who had the bye. Uh, they had to go to Lewisburg in the first run game because they're, uh, Lewisburg was the lower seed. Last night, the Patriots got the win. Lady Patriots get the win in game one over South Panola, the higher seed, 3-1. to one. And then now they will travel to South Panola tonight for game two with first pitch set for 5 o'clock. Again, if Lewisburg wins the first game, they advance. Uh, if not – Stay around 30 minutes, and the game three will be uh, played uh, also at South Panola if necessary. So, again, if you're a Lewisburg fan, 30 minutes is not very far, 30, 40 minutes, down 55. Get down there, cheer on your lady Patriots, and hopefully get you know both Hernando and Lewisburg can both advance tonight. Yeah, definitely good luck to the Lady Patriots. I, we said it last week, uh, the, the fact that, you know, the North Mississippi 6A ranks are going to be decided right here in DeSoto County. It, it seems like we're headed towards a collision course there, which will be, you know, a very, very big thing here under the water tower. But uh, good luck to the Lady Patriots uh, heading south to Batesville. Next, DeSoto Central. The Lady Jaguars had the end of the week and weekend to rest as they awaited the winner of the Oxford Starkville play-in matchup. So with the Soda Central having the bye, they were waiting on that winner. Well, guess what, Matt? They're still waiting. <laughs> the Oxford Starkville are tied one-to-one in the series. I could not find the score. Uh, they were supposed to finish up. Uh, it, it was uh, postponed due to rain, and they could not finish up due to the rain that came uh, late Saturday uh, into the uh, Starkville-Oxford area. And so that was postponed until last night. Could not find the winner from last night. And so the Soda Central, hopefully sometime today they'll update that. And we'll be able to travel, you know, to whoever they the Southern Tiger will be traveling sure, to one of those two travel teams, one of those. whoever the team is, uh, for their first game tonight. Because that was supposed to happen. They were supposed to start last night. That's correct. Exactly. Supposed to start last night with with everybody else. They will be starting tonight. So they're going to have a Tuesday. It's like a Tuesday Wednesday best of three series instead of a Monday Tuesday best of three series. And then finally, uh, we're going to North Point. The Lady Trojans did have a regular season game on Friday, uh, playing the ECS Lady 
Eagles. This is a district game. North Point won 16-1 behind another no-hitter thrown by the Lady Trojans, this time by Kennedy Brown. The one run given up was an unearned off of two Trojan errors. M. Ray went two for three for the Lady Trojans with three RBIs, and Natalie Shaw and Kennedy Brown, helping her own calls, both had two RBIs. The Lady Trojans, after that game, improved to 13-4, 7-0 in district, and then they played again last night. Uh, last night, the Lady Trojans played FACS, uh, First Assembly Christian School out of Memphis. They won that game 16 to nothing. But the winning pitcher of that one was Meredith Anthony. She had a, gave up two hits uh, over the uh, four innings that were played. The Trojans were led offensively by Natalie Shaw, who went two for two with three RBIs and a double, and S. Cole, who also had two RBIs. So, again, North Point is now 14-4, and 7-0 in district. Leaving softball, turning to baseball. The Hernando Tigers, as we always do, start under the water towers. They kind of been abiding their time. They did have a couple of games, uh, didn't really get any stats on it. My key person who sends me the stats decided not to send us. I didn't find out actually till yesterday afternoon that they actually had a, had played one game, picked up a game to play. Now these are not technically regular season games; sure. they're the games that they're picking up to kind of keep uh, keep in shape and that sort of thing. Their first round game will be this Thursday here in Hernando. So again, Thursday here in Hernando. Girls tonight go to watch the boys play their first game of the three uh, the three game series this Thursday in Hernando, and they'll be traveling to Starkville the next night on Friday. Uh, so on Friday in Starkville, uh, they'll be traveling there. So again, they will start the, the playoffs. So please uh, be out there on Thursday uh, evening. I think the game time is six o'clock. So six o'clock on Thursday, get out there and support your Tigers. Yeah, so this will be our last show before that game. So, again, listen to our voice. If you can hear us, get out there and support the Hernando Tigers. 6 o'clock Thursday night, play in Starkville. Win or lose, they travel to Starkville on Friday. So, uh, definitely want to get out and support the young men this coming Thursday. Support the Hernando Tigers. Moving to Lewisburg. The Patriots have been busy since our last podcast last Friday, choosing to continue to play games to stay sharp since they have a first-round bye uh, this week. On Friday night, the Patriots won a thrilling 6-5 to game in seven innings over the Center Hill Mustangs. Ledger Carroll drove in Easton Fessmeyer on a sack fly for the walk-off win. Josh Pack got the win for the Patriots. The next day, the Oxford Chargers traveled to Lewisburg, and the Patriots came away with a 6-1 win on a dominating performance by Braden Sanders on the mound. This pushed their overall record to 19-6. With Lewisburg being the only team in the county with a first-round bye, the Patriots welcomed the Bartlett Tigers to the Berg for senior night last night where the Patriots won 9-7 in a thrilling game. The Patriots fell behind early, uh, had to dig themselves back out of the hole, but came back to win 9-7. Next, moving to DeSoto Central. DeSoto Central also has been busy playing games and trying to gain some momentum heading into the playoffs. On Friday night, the Jaguars were down early but rallied back and defeated South Panola 7-6 in 10 innings. Tyler Pearson had the game-winning two-RBI single in the 10th. Bradley Lofton and Brock Tapper both pitched five innings with Tapper getting the win. Tapper also led the Jaguars going 3-for-5 from the plate, and Will Norris and Tyler Pearson both had two hits, including the walk-off by Pearson. On Saturday, the Jaguars played two other 6A DeSoto teams. First on Saturday, the Jaguars played South Haven and won 11 to nothing in five innings. Tapper again led the offense, going two for four with three RBIs, and both Tyler Pearson and Clint Brown added two RBIs each. Gavin Brassfield tossed four and two-thirds innings of two-hit baseball, limiting the Chargers. On the second game on Saturday, DeSoto Central beat Horn Lake 11 to one in six innings, their second mercy rule of the day. Landon Powell and Andrew O'Neill combined for six RBIs for the Jaguars. On the mound, three different pitchers, Coleman Halton, Landon Anthony, and Tanner Grimes scattered six hits and gave up the, the one run. 
The Jaguars now turn their attention to the playoffs this week where they will play Clinton in the first round starting Thursday. And then finally, North Point. The Trojans had two games over the weekend as well against two DeSoto County public schools starting Friday night against Olive Branch. Jay Ferguson scattered three hits, getting the win for the Trojans. Uh, Anthony Zarlingo led the Trojans at the plate, going three for five with three doubles and five RBIs. Jay Williams added a solo shot, and Rob Hayes went three for three with an RBI. On Saturday, the Trojans played South Haven, as mentioned before, winning 4-2 over the Chargers. Garrett Waller got the win for the Trojans, his second win over DeSoto County Public School this year. James Smith led the Trojans offensively, going 3-for-3 with two RBIs. Hudson Brown and Connor McNatt also had an RBI each. The Trojans are now 21-3, 8-0 in district, and will face Lausanne in a home and away this week for their last district series before the playoffs start next week. Good luck to those young men and young women who are fighting hard with the, uh, you know, representing DeSoto County so well uh, right here in the area on the diamond. We really appreciate what you're doing each and every uh, week. Uh, seems like every day for these baseball boys. But uh, good luck this weekend. Good luck to the Hernando Tigers this Thursday at home. Get out there and support those young men right here under the water tower. Game time, 6 o'clock against Starkville. Like Derek, you and I joke all the time. Anytime you have an opportunity to beat Starkville or Oxford, something like that, it's always a big thing. So get out and support those young men this Thursday. Well, look, if you like what you hear each and every Tuesday and Friday morning from the UTW Podcast, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. Wherever you can hear our voice, please hit subscribe at that podcast provider and give us a five-star review. If you don't enjoy what you're here each and every week, don't do anything. <laughs> just, don't, just don't respond at all. But if you like what you hear, give us a five-star review. That helps us move up with the podcast, different subscribers and so forth. So we really appreciate the support. As I mentioned earlier, Derek, the OB Pod in Olive Branch once a week show comes out really early on Monday mornings, covers Olive Branch and the eastern side of DeSoto County. They are a brother podcast to us. They work with us here at Rooster Production. Another event that Rooster Production is putting on Friday night, May 14th, the Panola Courtyard. We will be hosting the Hernando Water Tower Sessions. Derek, we had an opportunity, uh, sold two tables over the weekend, mm -hmm. the tables there. And so just a good opportunity to get out, see some live music, singer songwriter night, Friday. May 14th right here in Hernando as we bring arts back to Hernando and a portion of the proceeds will go towards the DeSoto Arts Council that what we mentioned earlier with the DeSoto Arts Festival. So please support the DeSoto Arts Council, support Hernando, support live music in Hernando. Friday night, May 14th. Tickets are on sale now. They're going fast. Only 200 tickets will be sold. You can find more information about that on our Facebook page again at UTW Podcast. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower.